What's up, guys? Max here with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. Welcome back. Uh, I've got two very special people here today. One you've heard before. Guess who's back? It's Van. Van, what's up, man? Oh, yeah. What is up, my dude? People? Uh, everything is well. I'm glad to be on the air with you, and everything sounds like it's going good. And thanks for having me back, buddy. Yeah, man. It's been a while since you've been uh, with us on the show, but now you're retired uh, from the Navy and living in mm-hmm. Texas, uh, living the good yes, life. Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. since the world has moved to Zoom and we no longer uh, need to be physically connected to have a meaningful relationship, uh, you're, you're back uh, with us on the Scuttlebutt yeah. Show. Ah, suddenly, it's suddenly it's so much easier and it's so, it's so normal to do this. And not only normal, but maybe, I don't know, I feel like we're progressive, like we're Zoomsters. Oh, that's what we are for sure. And, uh, and then our guest today is Matt from Hanging with Matty D., um, Matt, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, guys. Hey, uh, Matt, right off the bat, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a porn star from New Jersey. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm a uh, Navy veteran. I was a corpsman. I was in for about uh, a little under seven years, I think. Um, mm. Ex-podcaster, hoping to bring it back pretty soon. But uh yeah, living in San Diego, living the dream. Um, trying to stay away from this COVID stuff, but uh, yeah, man, ready to rock and roll. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. And we met through a mutual friend um, who I worked with, and he said, uh, he said, you know, I I go to the gym, uh, CrossFit Fortius in San Diego with this guy, uh, Matt, who's got a podcast. You guys should link up and do an episode, which we never did when we were both in San Diego. But now that I'm in Japan, what better time? Uh, <laughs> what, <have> zoom. <laughs> what better time than now um so wh- you were a corpsman in the navy for seven years uh where were you stationed well, not, at? Not, not the full seven i was uh i was an undesignated airman for my first two years so oh me too yeah was, live that it's a great story yeah the, uh, the good old uss harry s truman did a deployment with them um, yeah, that, that's how my Navy career started. Okay. So I have, okay. I have questions. Um, cause I was an undesignated airman on the Reagan and, uh, the way I became my source rate was a uh, AT or aviation electronics technician, um, which I did for about half of my career. And the other half was in, uh, special programs, which if people listen to the show, we've had a bunch of guests on from there. We talk about that stuff all the time. Um, now you were undesignated on the Truman how did you how did you become a how did you escape that uh, f- okay for those who don't know um, an undesignated airman or seaman or fireman uh, is the lowest job you can it's the lowest place on the totem pole you can start from I now looking back I'm so glad that's how it went down for me but 100%. but when you join yeah. it's like if you do that you're saying you're throwing all caution to the wind you go to boot camp and anything can happen to you like and you're guaranteed to get the the shittiest work uh and and no respect and just you're guaranteed nothing you're gonna get dragged through it so uh what was that experience like and how did you escape um so i so what happened was i'll give you the full story so what happened was is um i wanted to be a rescue swimmer that's why i joined the navy so I originally was going to join the Coast Guard, got in trouble with my cousin at my cousin's college. Apparently, I had an alcohol-related incident that I thought was on my record. Uh, the Coast Guard told me uh, they weren't going to take me for a year. I was really itching to, like, join. Um, I had my cousin's husband, who was kind of like my mentor at the time. He was like an ex-Force um, Recon guy. 
And he was like, well, why don't you look at the Navy? He took me to the Navy recruiter. They're like, yeah, we can get you in. They had me on, like, an AD contract, and they're like, we'll wait for the, uh, like, the rescue swimmer stuff to pop. I went, I took that PST and all that stuff, passed it, and uh, they didn't have it. She called me up. She's like, hey, we have a billet that leaves in two weeks. Do you want it? I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it. Can I curse on this show? Is that all right? Yeah, you can curse. Okay, That's cool. new. We used to be on the radio, and uh, oh, it was a... It was a big thing, and now we uh, we are not. So you can curse. Nice, yeah. So I uh, so I took that. I went. I went to boot camp. I had no idea. I literally just got thrown in. Went to Brooklyn, stayed overnight. They sent me to. Uh, they, I went to boot camp. I had no idea what to expect. I was I was not prepped for it at all. I was just like running. So I thought that's like how you prepared for boot camp and stuff like that. I didn't know any of the general order stuff, any of that. Um, went to boot camp. Got out. Went to. Uh, was it down in Pensacola for like a month and a half for like literally it's just how to be how to act regularly on the aircraft carrier is pretty much what school was for like a month and then I got shipped off to uh the Truman in Norfolk Virginia and uh I'll never forget pulling up there and I've never seen like a navy ship in my life before I worked at like yacht clubs when I was younger so I'm used to seeing these like little you know rinky dink boats compared to this stuff and I pulled up to uh, Naval Base Norfolk, and dude, I'm like, holy shit. These mm-hmm. ships were massive. I had no idea what I was going to be doing, like, at all. Mm-hmm. I let, uh, I got on the ship. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I had a, my check-in person. And uh, so we did that, got on the ship. The next day, we pulled out for in-serve. So that's like when the, you, you, you probably know they full, full speed turns and all that crap. But, yeah, I, I was uh, – I, I got thrown into um, – where did I get thrown into? I got thrown into V2, so I worked on the flight deck. Got flown into Fly 2 and V1, I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, I worked there. Did a deployment right there, chalking and chaining in the fucking heat in the middle of the, de- in the, middle of the uh, what was that, the Gulf of Eden that we were in. And I did that for two, almost, it was like 18 months. And I was getting, th- it was, I was at like that, uh, that year mark and i was getting really itchy with the career counselor and i was like why isn't anything coming up because a lot of guys like corman was popping up or c schools were popping up for these guys there because there's a lot of undeads mm-hmm. there's 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 a lot of guys that failed at a rescue swimmer school and i was like very very pissed because i was mm-hmm. like very very pissed but uh a lot of those dudes just ended up striking ab like abh and we're like we're just going to uh we're just going to take it from here and just get out after four. But I was like, no, nah, I want to like, dabble in this a little bit more. Uh, my career counselor was like, just wait till you hit that 18 month mark. Or, and I promise like it's going to, something's going to come. The, that 18 month came through with the fleet ride. HM came, I put in for it. Um, we were about like a month and a half or two, two months out from pulling back in from deployment. We had to go downstairs to, uh, was it PSC? I think it was called. And you go down there, and they were like, if you want to live off the ship, because I was living on the ship when we were in dock, too. Not So yeah. that's, like, yep. the worst life oh, yeah. in the entire world. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I'm, like, thinking back about how shitty my life was back then <laughs> just how terrible it was. But, um, yeah, but I did strangely, that. But strangely acceptable. Yes, yes. It was, like, normal. It was, like, oh, this is – what are you talking about? This is yeah. fine. Yeah, it and, could be worse. Uh, and then you have like the one friend who's like 20 years old and married, and everyone just like hangs out at that guy's house because he like lives off base. But um, yeah, so I did that, and then uh, 
it came up and it, it struck. I went downstairs to PSC because we were getting old, like uh, the orders to get the housing. And the guy's like, dude, you're not part of the ship anymore. And I said, what? And uh, the guy was like, uh, yeah, man, you, you're, you're like leaving. And like three weeks later, I was on a C2 getting launched off the ship to Bahrain and then uh, took that Mack flight all the way back to Norfolk. I had like 20 days of leave and then I showed up at Great Lakes in the dead of winter. <laughs> so um for for wait that's how you struck corman sorry yeah you just so like you when you're when you're uh so for an undesignated airman they take i'm, I'm pretty sure max person from one they take your your score if you don't want to strike their, they try to get you to strike their rate for uh, the aba trade yeah. um i didn't want to do that so i waited and once i waited 18 months c school started popping up so um yeah. you can go to, so you it worked out though it worked out. Yeah, you can either take the test to go to like to get a rate that you can just take the test for, or you can pick a C school to go to if you wait long enough. And I waited long enough, to, and it worked out. So I mean, I went the, to C. What kind of corpsman did you become? Because there's a couple uh, like yeah, no, I was at FMAP. Uh, I was up at Camp Pendleton. Yeah. And so, uh, you want to explain that one, Max? <laughs> well, <laughs> <For> one of y'all. <laughs> well, my my story of uh, how I got out of undesignated is is really is really amazing, and I want to do like a whole thing on it um but basically it was a little bit different for me i got lucky uh i struck a rate didn't even know what it was um it was a it was at but at the time i didn't even know what it was i just took it because it was something to get out of i was doing abf or fueling so v4 on the carrier and what they do you know what these fucking motherfuckers do is they first of all like tons of hazing and not the good kind of hazing like (laughs) i'm talking like i'm a supporter of hazing if it if it serves a purpose you know or at least fucking from people that you respect or, you know, want to be a part of the team. But when you're somewhere you already don't want to be with people that you basically don't respect because many of them are fucking not the not the, the right stuff, so to speak. And then they're just doing hazing <laughs> shit for, like, no reason. Uh, and they, they there's zero forward progression for an undesignated uh, airman and then, or seaman or whatever. And then uh, they... They try to convince you that like it's the, b- the whatever rate that you didn't that you just got assigned to is the best rate in the navy in the world of any ju- in in any branch you know in any country's oh, military yeah. uh, like a- like for you to probably like ABH chalking and chaining you know Dude. you want to be a handler you know you got to get that Still that yellow shirt day. like yeah it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> get better than that you can be a blue shirt um, so uh, and then they're like. But if you're a if you're a bitch, you can go to V five. You know, like if you're yeah, if you're yeah. if you, if it's too hot yeah. out here for you, you know, you can go to V five. Um, yeah, it, it, there's a little prison yard to it. Like there's a little you had to like yeah. claim, you had to be like quick too. Like, mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, or if you're like lucky, if you're lucky, you can scramble your like out of whatever you're in and end up in like crash and salvage. There's just a couple ways out, but. Um, which is like that's a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like a little bit better, but still like, it's like being the top of the bottom. Like the, you're the pile of shit on top of a pile of shit, you know, <laughs> um, as far as lifestyle and like respect goes. Not that you're a bad person, but it's like, it's just a, not a great life, especially if you're undesignated. Um, so yeah. anyway. Sitting at the table alone. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, people stealing your milk. Um, Van was actually a rescue swimmer. Um, oh, so Van, Van. Did did the whole rescue swimmer thing his whole career? Um, Were you air crewman? I was, but I oh, was yeah. very similar. I was very similar to you. The only difference I think between myself and like your the similarity that you all have is um, when I when I came because I came in when I was twenty four. Okay. So 
uh, when I came in, I did talk to one person who had got out after like 15 years, basically talking to one of us maybe. Um, and he said, hey, whatever you do, um, make sure you get a raise. He said, he said, I recommend aviation. And I said, okay. So I went in and I said, all I know is I need a rate and it should be aviation. And they started running down the list and I actually got jammed with AD and I got the same treatment Max did. I don't even know what AD is. It's an aviation uh, machinist mate. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Obviously, obviously AD is aviation machinist mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <no> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Anyway, so they so they tell me they go, uh, and they kind of did that. Yeah, they kind of pulled pulled my man card too. Yeah, they they played me just right. The guy goes, he goes, hey man, uh, looking at your test scores here, looking at everything. Uh, got two jobs to offer you, and uh, looks like uh, AT and AK. And I started <laughs> running. He started running through it, and I said, hmm, which one would you do? He said AT. I said that's what I'll do then, man. He came back about 30 minutes later. He said, were you recently, did you, have, did you, did you do a little jail time or something? And I had, I had been accounting for like some like traffic tickets or something. And I was like, yeah. He's like, mm, it's messing with your clearance. He's like, how about this? <laughs> AD or AK? And AK is obviously <laughs> storekeeper, aviation storekeeper, oh, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have AKs anymore. They just have SKs now. LSs said, now. Yeah, I, yeah, LSs. I said, well, what's the difference? He said, well, he said, uh, you want to work on uh, jet engines or computers inside of an air conditioning office? And I said, I want to work on jet engines, bro. That's badass. <laughs> Fast forward, you know, a year. I'm fucking, I'm in San Diego working on helicopters, helicopter engines. And so I see these guys walking around. They're not pilots, but they're flying in the helicopters. So I go, hey, start talking to those guys. And they said, yeah, man, we're just, you know, we're just like you. We're mechanics and, you know, ATs and everything. And But we, you know, we also fly. I said, I want to do that. They said, yeah, well, you know, where you got to go. They told me to explain some of the rescue swimmer stuff. So I, I prepped for about a year. And then right around my 18-month mark, I started submitting all my packages. And about the two-year mark, I finally struck for, for air crew, which is why – I was asking about the Corman thing because now they have a um, now they have a Corman specifically for uh, aviation commands who help with the they basically help the flight surgeon. Oh really? Command level. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So there's a there's a Corman who does that now. Oh wow! I know my buddy uh, my my buddy did uh he was a Corman he got out and then he became a search and rescue Corman. So he like yeah. rides in the helicopter. So I guess he's part of it. I don't know if he's an air crewman. He has his gold wings, but yep. I, don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think they call them APTs. I don't remember. It's been, it's been a minute. So I, I, I hate swearing like I know an acronym. I don't. <laughs> um, Anyways, so, so they're, but, but they're med techs. Yeah. Nice. So Matt, you did uh, the rest of your career. Congratulations on getting out of uh, Undez. It's like, yeah. it's an uncommon story. So uh, many souls die there. Yeah. So many, like yep. so many buds died. So many fucking just their souls are just crushed. Yep. They think they're the shit right when they get there, and then they just get. Because usually, like the, the 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 aviation guys that are at like the bottom of the barrel, they're tough fucking bunch of dudes. Some of them, and they don't want like if you come in there thinking you're all hot shit, they're gonna put you in your fucking place because 
they didn't, I mean, I, a lot of these guys didn't get the highest Azimuth scores. So it was like, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. And it's like, they don't put, they don't put up with shit. So I remember when these guys used to come in and bitch and complain and think they were like a little bit better than everybody. Cause it's like, Hey man, like they used to be like, what'd that bell sound like when you rung it? They used to tell this one dude it all the time. He used to get so pissed off. He used to, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. And, uh, and that's true. It's like, I don't mean to insult anybody, but like the it's it's uh it might sound like I am. There were there are some people I would insult for sure. The majority of them were were good dudes. It wasn't my my people that I fit in with. Um, it, they were like it was roughnecks. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. uh mechan- like cowboys. Like yeah, like uh like off the streets. You know, like uh ready to you know go work and get down dirty and just do the manual labor and uh, yeah. And, you know, and it was tough and it was in many cases, tough work, long hours, um, challenging conditions. Uh, but then there was s- out of that group of people, there were some dudes who were just total douchebags um, oh, who just want to bring you down, who are like unhappy themselves, you know, like 20 year E5s who don't give a shit. And they're except for like making it shitty for other people. Uh, there's a lot of those dudes, too. So. Uh, OK, so. In the so as a corpsman in Pendleton, did you deploy? Yeah. What it was with uh, first first LAR? Uh, we went to Afghanistan in like 20, 2011, I think. I think yeah, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. And yeah, uh, there, October twenty eleven to June twenty twelve. Okay. Okay. And uh, when did you end up getting out of the Navy? I got out two thousand fourteen November. Okay. Um. And what did you, what was, what was getting out like? Like, was it a good experience, bad experience, um, disaster, basically what you expected? What I expected, I had um, the, oh, this is a tough question because I feel, I, I'm like very opinionated about this. Um, Bring it. I think that, the tr- I don't know how it is now, but when I was in, it felt like the transition was if you got out, you were going to fail. Like there was no, and I don't know if you guys can agree with that, but just being like, there's a corpsman with, because what happened was I came in with a bunch of guys, but since I had, um, I had, I was undesignated. I, my um, term with first Marine division was longer than these other guys I came to first Marine division with because it was their first duty station and it wasn't mine. So I was there for like a four year or four year billet and they were only there for a three. So all the guys that I was close with had left because they deployed, right. we'd all deployed together and then they left. But so I was kind of like a lone survivor, kind of like top, top of the food chain at the BAS, right? Cause I'd been there forever. So I'm like, all right, I was like, I can either go somewhere else. And I didn't want to go work in a hospital because I, the dynamic is just different. And you guys know, I mean, being with the air crew and being with like with, with the drones and stuff like that, it's, a to- it's, it's like you're in your own Navy almost and i knew what the like i want to say the real navy because i'm sure you guys see it as well like your guys's community is can feel like you're a little bit different than like the ships and everything like that which i didn't want to go back to that and i was like i'd rather just get out and you know i knew i didn't want to make a career out of this um i just wanted to get in get out and do get the experience out of it if i had a great thing then i loved it then i would have probably stayed in um but there wasn't a lot of like mentorship getting out. I went to TAPS for like the week that you're supposed to get there. And the week that I was there, Camp Pendleton decided to go on fire. So I only had TAPS class for like two and a half days. 
and uh, which I think personally, I think it's the biggest hack of bullshit. Um, I think it's terribly set up for the guys to get out. I think because, like I, I like I said, I don't know what it's like now, but when I was there, they they made you like log onto this website. It, it's just a bunch of bullshit that you don't need to know how to do. What they need to do is they need to take your skills and they need to transition it and say, hey, this is the job that your career transitions to. And here you can go. We can get we can we can have you set up. We can look at these jobs. Or do you want to go back to school and do you want to do this stuff? That's how they need to do it. Here, they're like, oh, this is how you build a resume. This is how you get your benefits. This is how you did that. So anyway, so I got out. I didn't want to go work at a hospital. I ended up working for an orthopedic surgeon. I got out on a Friday. I started working for that orthopedic surgeon on a, on a Monday. I have, to this day, I haven't taken more than like a week off. And I like pride myself on that. Like all these, a lot of these guys take like, like Van, you obviously it's a different story because you did 20 years. So you, you deserve all the time in the world off. But oh no! Can you tell I haven't been working, dude? Like, no, is it? You, you, said, well, you said before. You said before you haven't been. You got out. You haven't really. You haven't. You've been taking. No, some time dude. No, go ahead, man. Bring it, dude. It's totally accurate. Yeah. But, like uh, I, I, I don't want to do anything. There's a part of me that doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. I, I, and and the thing for me is I'm so much of like a like I have a hustler mindset. So I'm like I need to work. I need to figure out how to make money. I need to ha- figure out how to get to the next step. Like all all the promotions I got in the Navy, I got capped. I never passed the test because I'm not good at that shit. So I'm, I'm always like trying to figure out, but anyway, so I got out, I started working for an orthopedic surgeon, um, worked for them for a while. And I did that because I knew, cause I took advantage. There's like a lot of programs in the medical field that you can just send your transcripts in from the Navy and they'll send you certifications back. So like medical assistant, uh, sure, yeah. like simple, simple stuff. So I did Lobotomist. all that crap, got it. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. And I got all that. So I started working for this orthopedic surgeon. But the way transitioning, I it wasn't until I worked in the VA that I really got the full grasp of what is beneficial to um, veterans on the outside. Because the way they make it seem is like, you're, like I said, you're, it seems like you're going to fail, which you're not. And don't get me wrong, if you live in like say like a a Texas fan or like an Arkansas or an Oklahoma or something like that, where you can go to school and use the GI bill and that's enough. But like these guys that are staying here in California, they're like, Oh, I'm just going to stay in California and go to school. And it's like that $2,200 is going to run out really, really fast. If you're even going to school for a full month, like they don't explain that stuff to you and they don't set you up for success. They're just like, yeah, go ahead, take it, do the GI Bill. And everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get out and use the GI Bill. That's what everybody says when they get out. And I, on the other hand, was like, well, I'm going to fucking work and I'm going to take the GI Bill. Like, take these, like, I'm going to work the system. Um, But they don't teach you any of that stuff. They're just like, oh, do you want to just, okay, you can get out and use the GI Bill. Oh, okay. But there's like some dudes that are smart because there's a lot of programs like on Camp Pendleton. Like, some of these guys are like, dude, I don't want to go to school. Um, I'm going to go to this three-month welding class and become a welder and make more than all of you when I get out because no one wants to weld. So I'll get paid 60 bucks an hour to like weld pipe. And like other dudes are like, oh, you're doing the welding school? You're an idiot. It's like, no, you're the idiot because they know what they want and they're not going to take advantage of that. There's just a lot of programs that I think they're there and the military can say they're there, but they don't um, emphasize those programs. And I think the biggest thing, and like I said, I don't know how it is now, but when I was in, it made it seem as though if you got out, 
you were going to fail. So my transition was I felt like I was a lone wolf and I had to figure it out for myself because people when you start get, or not getting out because it looks bad for your Chiefs. And don't get me wrong, the Chiefs I had at the time of getting out were the best Chiefs that I had in the Navy, the, the last two I had. But like other guys, they looked at it as, oh, well, you're not going to make me hit my number or make me look good by you re-enlisting or me getting you to do this. So people kind of hold like resentment towards you, I feel, sort of like at that six-month mark when they know you're getting out. And I feel like that shit has to – they have to stop that stuff. And then I didn't know anything about disability when I got out, which is like a whole different ball game. And I, 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 I had a long conversation with Tanner about this. I had a long conversation about like a couple of the dudes at the gym. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, what do you mean what am I talking about? And then I remember, I was like, I had no idea. If I never worked at the VA after I worked at the orthopedic surgeon, I would have had no idea about the benefits. Like, just the disability and all that. My, my, my boss is like, hey, you went to Afghanistan, you're not going to file? I was like, dude, I have no idea what that is. And he sat down with me for an hour, and he filled it all out for me. And, you know, knock on wood, I'm where I'm at now, which is great. But, like, my butt and – and then you get some guys who are – don't get me wrong, they're a little too proud to do it, and they're like, nothing's wrong with me. And I'm like, you don't know nothing's wrong with you. Let them tell you that no, nothing's wrong with you. But I just feel like with, back to your question with the transition of getting out, it was very lone wolfish for me. Um, and, I, you know, I had to do a lot of digging to figure out what there was, what there was to get offered and, and take advantage mm-hmm. of everything. It's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have a, a few a few things on that uh, everything that you just said. Um, wh- first thing is uh, about the disability. Um, yeah. Really quick, while it's fresh in my mind, I, I talk about this on the show a lot because I think everyone should file for a disability and the, and w- without a, a shred of doubt or um, letting pride like don't let pride get in the way. Uh, yep, and here, exactly, here's yep. here's why I say that because uh, when you joined the Navy whenever that was, you signed a contract saying you accept that you will sacrifice your well-being during your service in defense of your country if asked to go step on a bomb or lay down on barbed wire or yeah. go fall off the ship, uh, you know, on the flight deck. Uh, you, you, are, you are signing that you are accepting those risks. Also, in the same contract is where it says on the other side of that, the government will offer compensation for yeah. damage done while you're putting laying it all out there. So just because th- nothing happened to you, like you weren't blown up, you didn't fall off the ship, doesn't mean that if you had been asked to, that you wouldn't have, right? So yeah. like – you know, ask the guys on the ships that crashed a couple of years ago who were probably uh, the, the survivors, you know, um, mm-hmm. who were injured uh, to, to talk about how how certain they were that that would never happen, you know. Yeah. Um, but then it did. And so, yeah. you know, whatever whatever compensation they get for injuries and, and damage sustained psychologically, physically um, is is earned just by having honorably served. So there, well, there's some there's some truth in the saying, right? Like everybody who serves, um, they all leave a little something. You oh, know? 100%. They all leave a little something behind. They they all they all they they all they all they change a little bit in some way. Something changes forever in them as a result of their sacrifice. So, 
Um, and I don't care what job you did, how long you were in, um, everybody shares that bond. And I think that's when they, when they talk about brothers in arms, and I don't mean that in the sort of um, the, the complete literal sense of the, of the label itself, but in the, in the idea of, you know, family through hardship, you know, uh, what, a, you know, there is no better, I think, example than that. So yeah, that's, uh, my, that's my that's my my that's my two cents on on sort of uh, you know like who you tell me one person who served who doesn't have a story similar you know to to that me personally you know you did mention that you don't know how it is now I just got it in October and and I don't know if my expectations are just lower mm-hmm. um, I didn't. I, I loved what you said, though. You said at the six-month mark, it almost feels like um, the chain of command resents you, yeah, right? Exactly. When it should be, they should be celebrating you, but they're not yeah. empowered to celebrate you with the Manning, right? So yeah. you basically become somebody they, – they have to cover down on that billet, right? Because now they have to give you time to go to tap class because you're required to go to tap class. My tap class wasn't necessarily great. They call it TGPS now. Uh, my tap class wasn't necessarily great. Um, but I think since I went, they've reduced it by a week. Oh, and wow. then, yeah, now the majority of it's online. But what I, the main thing that I got out of it was I did get my login for um, e-benefits. Yeah, e-benefits login. <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? Like, after that, you can just call the help desk. You know, that's yeah. what I've kind of been doing, you know, like, but you're right. It was almost for the amount of time that I spent there, because I remember I went before they reduced it down. So for the amount of time that, that I spent there, I didn't get much out of it. And what I thought it was going to be and what it ended up being was like, and what it could have been potentially could have been, you know, I'd love to see, you know, the honor foundation or something, take over something like TGPS. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool to see what they do with it on a large scale. But I do think that the, the chain of command should be empowered. And I think that's the secret. The chain of command needs to be empowered to um, support people in those last six months. And I think it would yeah. change the entire, uh, it would be it would just polarize the entire attitude towards people getting out because at the end of the day, dude, it's a lot. They're losing. They're losing, regardless of what calls you do or don't have. They're losing the manning that yeah. you know helps get everything done on a daily basis. So, you know, but for me, you know, in the first three months that I was out, there was a uh, the the VA called. They had like a. So I don't know if you guys got this. Like I got a, a call from the VA. They're doing a follow up call asking about my transition to see how everything went, and I thought that was really awesome. Well, and then. And then three months later, they did it again. They just they just called me, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, hmm, "Cool, man. These guys are really following up, and they're just and they're asking me. You know, they got they almost got like these, um, they got like six major areas of concern. You know, your healthcare, your employment, blah blah blah. And, and yeah. so they've identified obviously these major areas, and they and they, and they ask you how each one's going and what if they have um, if I if you have any issues with any of those. Um, what your plans are and if you're aware of how the VA can help you. And I thought that was super cool. It's not oh, something nice. I, yeah, it's not something I was expecting. And we, you know, we trash, you know, we're pretty honest about the VA when we're disappointed with the VA and how they do stuff. So I think it's important that we're honest with the VA when they get it right. And I think for me and my experience, it's something that they got right. And I think whatever, I think, I think they represent, I think they're part of the DAB, uh, the, the follow-up program, but that transition program is just, uh, I've been really impressed with it. I haven't need, needed to use it necessarily, but man, if I needed to, wow, like yeah. really awesome. Yeah, it's nice. It, it, I, I think the biggest thing is, especially with like, I mean, then you just got out recently, but when I got out, like I, I remember 
just being in and like guys like there's like marines and there's i remember this one kid like he they like he got uh he got um i'm blanking on the word but he got um told that he had ptsd like after we got back from afghanistan he was still in so they were like transitioning diagnosed. Him out. yeah diagnosed there's a word i don't yep. know how it slipped my mind but so and, and i have it too but like he got told when he was in and i remember when he got told he was in um they're like, oh, what are you gonna go to VA now and, and do a claim? Like, and they're like, what do you saw? Like, you, you know how it is, and that mentality was mm -hmm. so built up about, and and I know this was hardcore. Like, oh, what are you gonna go to the VA for? Like, what do you? Nothing's wrong with you. You're fine. Like, don't be a pussy. Don't like go mm -hmm. to the VA. You don't need it. And and then at the same time, the VA was also getting bad, like got bad mouth. And I think within the last two years, they've kind of cleaned that up. But yep. the VA was getting bad mouth because the VA didn't really exist until like the vietnam vets came back and those guys were that's a dip that's a different breed of the va mm -hmm. and you know that's why the v like that was hard to handle for them and that's why the va i think has such a bad gets such a bad rap is because these it's a different breed and what it is now and i think when people say like our generation it's gotten much better with um i think so yeah helping people get the help they need yeah, rather yeah. than than looking at it as you're weak and i yeah. think that's like one good thing that our generation's doing is they're they're actually like helping rather than like calling people weak and stuff like that because a lot of the times it's those guys that are the people that are calling people weak or like not wanting to get help and resenting it those are the guys that are in the worst situations and then you know I don't remember if it was the Bush administration or the Obama administration where they basically overhauled. Uh, there was a big VA overhaul. Do you guys remember that? I don't know. Like it started on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like like it was like they like vets just were not getting their their care. And it, yeah. They, I, I, it might have been at the end of Bush and beginning of Obama. And yeah. I also have to say this about if I could say one more thing, man. I'm oh sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, totally fine. I think the VA gets a bad rap, but we're all adults and you have to be accountable for your actions. So I think when people say, oh, I can't get the help I need. And this is talking from personal experience. I used to work in the call center when I first started working in the VA. When the, the VA gets bad mouthed, right? So these guys would call, this is just a random, a random veteran. And they would say, hey, I need a refill on my Oxy, right? And I started working there right around the time that doctors couldn't write multiple refills on the prescription pad. They could only write one, right? So this guy, would, these guys would call, multiple, would call up, and they would, I would look at their chart, and then I'd be like, okay, we'll put the request in. And they would have a 240-pill script of Oxy that was filled on, say, the 1st. They're calling on the 12th saying they need a refill because it's all gone. So, and then they get pissed off because the doctor's like, I just gave you 240 pills. But I think with that era, the doctor's very heavily medicated instead of the mental health. And I think now it's being more harped on the mental health rather than like medicating with medication. But I think at some point, like I know because there's, I can get into a spiel about the VA, but I think people do work the system with like the appointments and stuff like that. And they make it more difficult so they can get more money. But that kind of hurts the people that actually really need the help. And mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I say you're an adult and you have to be held accountable for, for your actions and you can't yeah. just go pointing fingers at everybody and say, oh, the VA didn't help me, the VA did this. Because maybe I'm the, uh, like the only one, but I've never, knock on wood, had a problem with the VA. Yeah. I just am like, it's just, you have to be a little bit flexible with them. It's free healthcare, so you can't, you can't, you know. Yeah. Yep, and it's, yeah, and I I, th- I think that you know for the for the job at hand, I think that they've the VA has done a pretty good job healthcare wise transitioning at least coming out of active duty, transitioning over under their healthcare umbrella. Like mm-hmm. it is it is the the one thing that I probably worried about the most. Like oh, I don't really know like what do I do now if I get you know uh, tummy ache. You know what I mean? Like that that element of it, um, <clears throat> it was just you could tell they had they've dealt with it a lot and yeah. and 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 now they're solution oriented for you know different ways that people get filtered to them and and you know how to how to how to um organize them inside their structure but, yeah um max i do have a question for you oh uh, okay let me okay good how is it in japan like because you're a veteran but you're a married dependent so what card what card do you are you under there let me really quick if i can um yeah. there was a couple of things i wanted to just unpack yeah. on what matt said and then uh let's loop around and and i just want to get some some thoughts out on that before i forget um mm-hmm. with with uh the tgps stuff or taps class i agree and we've talked about on the show a lot that there's very little um to gain there um that's very that's very helpful like the anecdotal thing I like to use is um, true story in my TGPS class, which I went through at MCRD um, in San Diego to Marine Corps, Marine Corps Recruit Depot. Uh, this guy comes in and he has you log on to this website, and the website is the uh, like the job um, uh, lateral transfer website where yeah, like if you were so he's like he's like did you know if you are let's say a military police officer he types it in and he hits go that you could be a police officer did you guys know and i'm like is this fucking for real right now um like if you were a whole technician you could be a plumber you know (laughs) if you were an electrician you could be an electrician oh wow you know like okay cool thanks dude um then there's a day on like resumes uh a fucking um a day on like how to shake hands like like no shit like we went outside we did handshakes and did um and that. did uh <laughs> like tell me about yourself for a second don't you have to dress up you, you have to dress up one day yep you have to dress up one day um and it there was a, it, it was a lot of bad stuff uh if there was one good thing it was the uh the e-benefit stuff um the va va benefits day where a va person came or va rep came and talked about that stuff spe- exclusively the va stuff like not even the gi bill stuff or whatever just the va stuff was really good um that was probably the only important day in my opinion now while we're but but it's a that's a fire hose also totally totally yeah um but while we're on the subject of like what was bad about it let me say this too uh if and i don't think there's many people out there like this or anybody but if you thought when you made the decision to get out of the military if you were like with your bros or, or your your uh you know, your, your friends and you were like, yeah, I'm getting out, but it's all good. I'm going to go to taps. So I'll be fine. 
like then that's your fault. You know, like that's a bad plan. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, and, and Matt, you said this, you're, you're you, the onus to take care of your life is on you. You know, no one, if, if you get out of the Navy or Army or Marines or Air Force, whatever, and you go through TGPS and then fail and you say, well, TGPS didn't set me up for success. Well, y- you blew it, you know, and I, I, that, I think that's what you're alluding to. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it has a lot of room to improve, but I hope your plan A isn't that you're going to figure it out in TGPS five days before you get out of the military. Um, <laughs> now, uh, there was there was one more thing about uh, about VA and like um, d- when did you work for the VA? I worked for the VA. So I, I I had that orthopedic job. I met a guy that worked at the VA there. I wanted to go into medical sales. It's like a shitty sales job. Worst job I ever had. And then while I was at that sales job, I called the guy. So I worked there. Uh, 2000. When did I work there? I worked there 2000. And I only worked there for like seven months because then I went to work at Balboa. But uh, like 2015, maybe 2015, 2016, 2015, yeah. Okay. Um, my VA experience since I've been out, and then Van, I'm going to segue into answering your question right here. Yeah. Uh, my VA experience in San Diego was all good. Um, let's say I had like seven or eight uh, appointments at the VA, eight, eight, like maybe around 10 appointments at the VA the whole, the whole time I was getting out to like with some medical issues to get taken care of. Um, and some things like diagnosed in my record, all this stuff, trying to get some service connection with a couple things. Uh, so out of all of those times, I think one time I showed up and, and I saw like the mental health guys over there and I saw the regular doctors. So out of all those times, I think one time I showed up to my appointment, like 15 minutes early and they're like, Oh yeah, your appointment was canceled. Didn't someone call you? And I'm like, no. Uh, and they're like, yeah, it's canceled. It's been rescheduled, you know, but that's okay because all you got to like that was one time out of however many times. It's not like that stuff doesn't happen if you have a civilian healthcare provider at another hospital. Yeah. Um, that your doctor can get sick, the scheduling can get messed up, uh, an emergency like can come up. P- patients cancel on doctors all the time. So, it's not like that's a one-way street either or patients don't show up to appointments all the time. So, it's, it's not it's like It's funny because I was actually thinking you must have been late at one time in your life. <laughs> no, um, I try to never. Like you just owed, you owed like uh, two hours of your life to um, the universe. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm rarely late. Uh, I'll say that. I'm, I'm punctual. So, um, you are punctual. So, uh, um, so anyway, that's my thing on the VA. San Diego was pretty good. I got no complaints. Even if one time yeah, an appointment got canceled on me, I got, I got no complaints. Um, when and then van out here in japan just so you know if you're okay so this is a, I'll, I'll make this broad for for listeners if you're um if you're a veteran because there's a lot of expats living out here in okinawa and i'm sure that's true with in, in a lot of uh cities around the world with bases um if you're a veteran and you've got uh va healthcare and you're near a base you can go use the military hospital like people out here veterans use the naval hospital even if they're not on tricare because that's the nearest American medical oh, coverage, wow. and then they can claim that through the VA or whatever. Um, and if you're a SOFA or like I'm a dependent, so I'm SOFA and I have Tricare, obviously, then I use the Naval Hospital out here. And um, the opportunity to go into the civilian uh, medical, like mainly people would do that for dental. A lot of people use like the jet local Japanese dental uh, places for their kids and themselves um, if they're uh, dependents. So there's that. Um, but yeah, you can just go use the Naval Hospital. Um, and, and so you're, if you find and you're, and you're, and you're loving Japan, 
I love Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, cool. it's it's totally badass. Matt, have you ever been to Okinawa? I haven't. I've actually right before all this shit happened, we I was like, tell, my wife really wants to go to Europe, but we've been there already. I really want to go to Tokyo or like just somewhere in Japan, because I feel like my biggest thing is the cuisines, and I feel like Japan is probably the most relatable out of the Asian countries to American cuisine. Like not as like in, I mean, there definitely probably is some like super intense cuisine over there but I, I just i i mean i feel like it's just another like huge city like in new york or something like that that i definitely want to visit and i always just feel like they're so high tech and have everything going on over there so that's why i want to visit japan yeah so i haven't been to tokyo yet um we were actually supposed to go in june but that's officially been canceled now um i've been to some of the other places in mainland japan here's what i'll say about it uh it's fucking awesome um the transit systems are on second to none um the food is amazing. Yeah, you're right about the food. It's amazing. There are definitely like similar, easy to go places if you're American. Then there's like the really good Japanese places, and uh, a lot of the best restaurants are in the sub in the transit stations. So like the oh, underground really? train station, they have like you know amazing. Like that's where we would go to eat. We would go down to the train station, find a restaurant because it's like an underground mall. You just yeah. walk down. It's like walking down the street, but you're underground and restaurants everywhere, shopping everywhere. Um, yeah, totally. You got to go. Totally awesome. Okay, but before I get too off the off the track here with that, um, I wanted to ask you before I forget to w- one quick follow up thing on the VA stuff. Uh, what was it like being employed by the VA? What was your employment experience like? Um, it wasn't bad. I had uh, good people I was working with, but government workers have a different. It's a different way of life. Um, when you're at that like three, four, five GS scale, six, okay. four, five, six, probably like GS scale. It's, uh, they have a lot of power, especially if you're a veteran, um, you get great time off. Um, but you, a lot of people there just know they're not going to get fired. So they freely speak their minds and they, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, like people blow up and then they just don't care. Um, I would say my employment there was good. I didn't, I had no problems with it. I just, it was the stepping stone for me. So I used it, but I mean, I've had so many great like work experience that have gotten me to the point where I'm at today. And I think that was just like customer service, you know, just help my customer service skills get stronger. But I had no, I had no problems. It's just half the time the guys, when they get mad, instead of getting mad at them, like you just gotta pick their brains, and they just—they're just—they just want someone to talk to. <laughs> to be honest, I, I get—I get—and and this goes back to being held accountable for your actions. Um, I get very mad when people say the VA killed my. The VA killed this guy, right? Or he committed suicide because he didn't help the VA, and it might just be the San Diego VA, but. There's that hotline is 24 seven and I've called it just to call it just to see, I was like, let me just call and see if somebody picks up. And I've literally told the guy, I was like, Hey, like, I just want to see if this thing like really works, you know? And I feel like there, and, and I had went for like some, uh, like, uh, therapy and stuff like that. I'd speak with like whatever psychologist and, um, there's there was people that would come in and be like i need to speak with somebody and they'd be like okay sir take your seat and then they would get talk to somebody it might take a little bit but they're gonna get somebody to come and talk to you not like days and years like everybody else is saying but 
I feel like that it, that's why I say like you have to be held accountable for your actions. Like you can't expect the v, like, you have to understand that the VA is there to help you and it's a tool for the healthcare. Like Van, you're saying they call, they check in, they say all that stuff. I I I get very mad when people blame the VA. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some instances where people like they you know they miss appointments or they just uh, they get called and something comes up and it blocks but if you really need that help i don't think the va is ever going to be like nope sorry we can't help you right now because i mean just as a human being i don't know how people can do that so i I mean and everybody has a different story so it's just from my perspective Mm -hmm. i get very frustrated because you have to be held accountable for your actions and you can't expect people to hold your hand you're a grown man or a grown woman and I understand if you get put in a situation where you, you, you maybe want to attempt to take your life or something like that, but you, you have to understand like these people are here to help you, but if you don't ask for the help or you expect them to like, it, it, it's like one of those things. It's like, if you expect somebody to do stuff for you, it's, and they're not, they don't, how are they going to know what you want? They're not ex- like, they're not just going to, Hey, do you need help? Like you're crazy. You, you, you have to exercise, ask, yeah, exercise the option. Yeah, and it's it, that really frustrates me, is when that stuff happens because, and they say, oh, well, he tried to get, did he, or did she, you know, and and they might have, and I'm not saying that in a bad way at all, but I just think you have to be, like, you have to have accountability, and you have to, like you said, you have to be, like, you you just, you have to grab by the horns, and so, and and sometimes they don't teach you that because when you get out everything's just like oh go to medical oh go yeah. do that oh they're, they're, they're going to come and give us our shots they're going to come and do you know what i'm saying so it's a yeah. different world than that where but you have to understand it's free health care so there if they if you want it it's there but we're not going to come and give it to you if that yeah so how so matt how long have you been out now how long i got you- out to november 2014 so about like six what is it, 2020 yeah, like four, six years about six years six years so if you can go back and do it again would you have stayed in a little longer would you have gotten out a little earlier would you do it exactly the same um if you- i would do it yeah i would do i would probably do it exactly the same um i think i would have looked at a little bit more options though i probably would have done 10 if i if i if i could if i'm being honest i probably would have done 10 and i probably would have looked at like other options because now i have one of my account i have all of the dod for my job right now so i go back yeah. and I, see, I go down to like um the whatever they call the silver strand and i do like where the where the corpsmen work over there like with the seals or where the guys work on uh special warfare like across the street like the special boat teams and yeah, i like and see i see a couple guys i used to work with and i'm like fuck man if i only looked into it to see like if there's a couple more paths i probably would have stayed in because i'm like these dudes are my buddies. They're like chilling, like in an outfit like this, just at a desk, you know. And they get to go fucking ride around in a, a, a riverboat. Like, you know, that's a that's a great point. Let me. So, Max, let me let me ask one more question here. So, so for the listeners that you know that, that aren't familiar with the Corman um, community, let me explain one thing. So, um, the Marine Corps is often. Uh, people don't seem to understand the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy. And when you tell a Marine that they like to remind you that it's the men's department, right? Yeah. So as a result of the Marines don't have their own docks, they don't have their own corpsmen. And so they, they, they have to have corpsmen from 
Department of the Navy. <clears throat> so you get these Marines, and that's what an FMF is. It's Fleet Marine Force uh, Marine, which means uh, uh, the corpsman has been trained how to basically cooperate and go along with the Marine Corps, you know, hybrid chain of command and all that kind of stuff. So in this in this in this in this world of uh the like you know this the subculture of the of the corman uh community i guess and every and everybody who has their their different uh communities i don't know like i don't know i'm sort of curious which uh i'm sort of curious which so let's let's go back a little bit first before i finish up the if you're going if you're going to go FMF like that basically says you're going to do that your entire career unless you make a big move like the other big moves would have been like yeah. to go radiology yep. or to gone gone like whatever I don't I don't that's why I asked what the original originally what the d different disciplines are uh, for Corman because I know there's like four or five different directions because mm -hmm. you can be like a pharmacy. Yeah, there's a tech. ton of different like uh, C schools you can go to to be like uh, radiology tech, biomed tech, all that stuff. And so, and so you just went to the ortho, you just branched off into the ortho side of I it? Just, I just did that fucking when I got out. I was like, I need to get a job. So I just I was applying, applying to places and I didn't have, I, I had, I was, I went to, so I went to core school to uh, field med. And then from yeah. field med, I went to first LAR, and then from first LAR, you go to CTM, which is combat trauma management. And they, yeah. at every level, they just tell you to throw out what you knew before. And then pretty much combat trauma management is where you get um, your bread and butter of what you're going to be doing as an FMF corpsman. Like, it'd be, you know, it'd be really, it'd be really cool because you know how, like, all right, so all corpsmen go to the same A school, then you go to a different C school, right? Yep. Or you can just go right. to like work at a hospital as a as a as like a. Uh, what I for, like a basic corpsman yep. I, I, I feel what it is well, yeah so all rates are pretty much like that so it'd be really cool if the rates could get empowered to usher people out of the navy that six-month window like if they could have their own career counselors and you know yeah. tell me what tell me what so tell me what your take on it was so my my original question was was there what was a career counselor like at the marine level so everybody also knows like Matt's what they call a green corpsman, a green side yeah. corpsman, because he went over to the Marine Corps. He's basically a Marine. And, and so, but over there, since you're this Navy guy in the Marine world, and since the, the Marines do stuff differently, what was your, like, I'm just really curious, like, what so your... they just they just send you on the same round as the Marine Corps. Yeah. Since you're on Pendleton, they just send you the same route that the Marines do. They don't, like, oh, you're in the Navy. I think if you wanted, you can, like, choose to go down to, like, um like balboa or like 32nd street but i was like I'm, i knew going in i'm like they're not gonna i'm not gonna get anything out of this except for like the the e-benefit stuff but um, i i kind of knew that i wasn't really gonna get out of it but they treat you if you like pretty much practically like you're a marine they just send yeah. you to the maria well, like you have a, a navy career counselor at first marine division but they everything is run by like the marine corps and you just you just go to like, that. All right. So, like, right now, like, all right, if, if you come into the Navy right now, you go aviation, you're going to go to Pensacola, right? Everybody yeah. sort of understands. If you're uh, blah, 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 you're going to go to this city or that city. Yeah. So, I'm just thinking on the way out, if it'd be nice to go back to Pensacola for, you know, 
like your yeah, little yeah. twilight and do all your TGPS and go out, you know, and the the rate would usher you out. They would call it the Z school. You know what I mean? Like you go to A school to come in yeah. and then, you know, and you and go they A to Z, try man. to like show you, and then I mean that that would be great because then they could have like programs set up specifically for like that rate. Yeah, I was just, that, I was just yeah. when you were talking, I made me think about that. Like, yeah, you know, because you know, what who would have been the right person to tell you what to do to give you guys? Yeah. TGPS yeah. certainly isn't. They had no business telling me what to do with myself, other than yeah. how to make a login for eBenefits. Um, but the people in my rate, you know, the people who you know got out ten years ago, five years ago last year you know they all had definitely had input you know that I yeah was. so i look i actually learned something interesting since i've been out here in okinawa um that some of you said van i need I, I feel like i need to broadcast this because uh and then yes. and then after this i want to talk about your podcast matt and that whole thing um oh so so uh not all fmf corpsmen deployed with marines in combat zones a lot of corpsmen have the opportunity to get the FMF pin who've never even deployed um, or yeah, who have like just, yeah. just done exercises or something. So there's like FMF, there's greenside corpsmen who work for like the logistics battalion and just enter stationed here in Okinawa. Like, okay, so there's greenside corpsmen. They work for the logistics battalion. They're stationed here in Okinawa. They've done uh, joint exercises and they're FMF corpsmen and they've never deployed to combat. Uh, so FMF, and I, I did not realize that FMF, I thought FMF distinguished you as a, a Marine corpsman for treating combat injuries. That is not the case. Uh, there's a there's whole three, branch yeah. of type of FMF corpsman that don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, there's like, there's like the, so you have the uh, FMF base, and then you either are GCE, which is ground combat element, uh, logistics like part of it, and then aviation. So you can be FMF. So you there's I think there's like a like you know how you put like the FMF next to your name like HM whatever or you put like your 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 uh, warfare devices, but there's like um it's like FMF and then GCE or FMF AC, ACU or something like that and then so there's like there's different subsidies of it yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd never know that by looking at the pin. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting and I wanted to share that because uh, that blew my mind a little bit. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. So, so Matt, uh, originally the reason we got connected, um, was because you had, you have a podcast, it's called hanging with Matty D and, uh, really quick, tell us why every veteran needs a podcast. And and I, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of, kind of joking, but like, honestly, uh, I don't, people are like, you know, everyone's got a podcast now. Uh, you know, why should I even do one? And I get hit up, honestly. I get hit up pretty often with people yeah. saying, I'd like to know how to start this. What do you gear do you use? How do you get yeah. it online? Dude, all the time. Um, and for me, it's one of the healthiest outlets that I have for meeting people, talking to people, connecting people, figuring out like, like a kind of a North star of like, uh, keeping track back to my like veteran roots, you know, like, which is like yeah. the most important, most defining part of my whole life is, uh, my time in the Navy. Um, I'm still affiliated with the Navy as a, uh, man dependent and uh, <laughs> and uh, a triceratops. Um, so I, uh, I, but I need that. I need that reach back. Is that part of my life? Um, so tell us about your podcast. Why you started it? Why? What made you want to do it? What's going on with yeah, it? Of course, I did. Um, so I start. So I, I 
the first podcast I ever listened to was um was called the Wadcast Podcast. And this is like right when I got into CrossFit. And it was this these three guys. One was a comedian. One was a just like a CrossFit blogger who's actually doing really well right now. His name's uh, Armin. And then uh, this other guy, uh, I think it was Scott McGee was the other guy's name. But so they used to do this like podcast and I was like super fucking into it, like knew everybody. So I was like, tell my buddy who I was in the Navy with and he got back from Rhoda and he got out. And I was like, dude, why don't we start this pot? Like, why don't we just do this? Like, it's easy. I'll buy the equipment and we'll just fucking do it. And I had no idea what I was doing. I watched this guy on uh, YouTube, like Pat something. And he shows you like the steps one through 10. And I did everything. Like I was like, I never did this much work in my, like ever, you know, cause that, but I was like, I want to get this done. So I'm going to figure out how to do it. So we did this, what is fit podcast. And we actually got some like pretty of the, in the CrossFit community, we got some like pretty well fucking known people. We like drove to their gym and this is when CrossFit was kind of like really booming. I think it's starting to die out now. So anyway, we did that for a while, kind of died, sizzled out. He went back to school, so it just the schedules were conflicting. It kind of just like sizzled. Um, I got really bored. I got really itchy, and I was just like, I fucking want to do this again because, like you were saying, Max, it's um, it's like an outlet. It's something to talk to people, and I don't like necessarily going to talk to a shrink or something like that. I just like having conversations with people, and I think that's one of my stronger suits is um, being able to communicate with all different walks of life. So I was like, I told my wife, my girl, or girlfriend at the time, I was like, I think I'm going to just try doing this again. I took the spare bedroom. I turned it into like a whole studio. And uh, I just started having my friends on. I was like, dude, I just want to have like conversations, like whatever. And then it just started picking up. And, um, and then I started doing something for the local news and PBA. I used to do this like video with them. It didn't really take off. They didn't, it, it was just like, I was like, oh, just more to get my name out there. I got like an article in the paper with them and stuff. Um, so I did that and then uh so I kept doing it and 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 it was you know I fucking loved it. It was I was doing it all by myself and it you know I got to I I literally interviewed so many cool people. I did like about 70 episodes or something like that, maybe a little bit less, but uh yeah, and I I I had a blast. I love I like I'm talking about it and in my head I'm like why the fuck aren't you still doing this? Um but, you know, life happens, and uh, so we, we got engaged, uh, me and my girlfriend, and, uh, you know, the wedding planning started coming up, and I just, I was kind of getting bored of, like, reaching out to people, and, you know, I lost that fire, which uh, I was really annoyed about, and I was kind of, like, piggybacking that on. Priorities, man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know, and I kind of, like, was yeah. uh, was saying, you know. Um, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, exactly. I'm like putting a little bit on the back burner and I did. And then it just kind of like sizzled down. I got a lot of people be like, yo, how's the podcast? How, how, how you doing? How you doing? And I, and I was doing pretty well. I was getting probably like 250 to like 400 a week per episode I was doing, but it was just like tiring. I was like taking pictures of the people have, sorry, trucks passing, um, like having to just like doing the graphic and like putting the right wording in to make and into the Instagram post. And then making sure that the link was correct and it was downloaded to the MPs. And, and Matt, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's hard doing it by yourself. It's a lot of work. Especially, and, I, and I was working a full-time job. And then during this time, too, I got this really good job that I currently have now. Which it's funny because I, I have this job now and I have a lot more, not freedom, but I, have, I, I make my own schedule. I do what I need to do. And I have a lot more free time to be able to do that stuff. 
But um, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I love it. I love talking to people. And I, I just got to interview so many different people. And I've, I've met so many people. I know people like my buddy's like, you know, everybody everywhere. Like I can go somewhere and I'll like, say, oh my God, you're so-and-so's cousin or, or dude, we would serve the, it just random. I just know I, cause I'm, I'm very personable and I'm, and I like that. And that's how I got a lot of really cool guests on. And uh, yeah, it's just, just talking about it. It's kind of saddens me that I don't do it anymore, but it, it's, I, I really thought, and I used to tell everybody, it's just an outlet for me to like, get stuff off my chest and just pick people's I love picking people's brains and asking story like asking for their story because everyone has a story and you know it's like I've had like really emotional conversations I've had really fun conversations and of course I had really fucking boring conversations where I'm just like like the funny the best part was was like people would ask me to come on ask to come on I'd be like yeah sure and I would have like my stuff set up my questions you know get everything set up and then I would get yes. Like if you guys would ask me a question, I'd be like, yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're like pulling, you're like pulling. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you fucking ask me. So like, I'm trying to ask questions and I'm like thinking about what they said to peak interest and then be like, okay, let's get you talking about you first. But in my head, I'm like, you fucking asked me to come on. Like that's, that's, that's my favorite part. Like I've been, since I've, since you sat down, I've been wondering like, where do you live? Like, where? What are we looking at behind you? Is that a houseboat? Is that a prison yard? No, 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 no. no. Like, it's, my, it's, our, it's our townhouse that we just yeah, bought. Yeah. Wait. What do you? Yeah, because I heard I heard you guys talking about like you just moved in. Yeah? I could just like roll my camera. Like, yeah, we're on my houseboat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I love looking for stuff to talk about. It's my yeah, favorite man. part. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the best part. You just you never know where the conversation's gonna go or. Yeah. find something out about somebody and it just makes it interesting and you just you either fucking really connect with that person or you just you know oh it's great interview you're great to have them but it's just set up like so so, so many relations like like probably that out of those 70 episodes i probably had probably i would say maybe 50 of them were people i never knew before and now like i regularly keep in contact through like instagram or like if i know somebody and they need something like i'll you know, go talk to them or, or point somebody in that direction or just like, you know, give them a shot, whatever it is, you know, I just try to mix people together if they need to be, but it's just, if, if I got anything out of it, it was just developing those relationships with people and just in, in all different walks of life. So Matt, Matt, who is your target audience for your show? Like fucking anybody and everybody, man. I was sure. trying to be the, ne- you know, you try to be like the next Joe Rogan or anything like that. If I were to do it again, though, I probably would, um, I probably would definitely gear it more towards veteran because I think it's our mentality as a whole is something that you can relate to and you can make like sillier jokes where they kind of know like what you're talking about or like rag on a different branch and, and being, you just have that thing where you can uh, like connect a little bit more like what you guys are doing. You guys are more of like, you're you're not a hundred percent like a, a veteran military podcast, but that's the aspect you throw. But you also know that you're going to get some other stuff in with it as well, rather than it just oh. being talking. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you, I made a gay joke um, about three weeks ago, um, and I have uh, all I can tell you is I have a very open 
history, mind, and background. Um, if I had gone to college, I probably would have experimented a lot more. But that's in my past. All I'm saying is, uh, it's a totally different world. And so, like, one thing that I figured out coming out of, the, like, not everybody has the same, like, there is something special about being on a boat for a month and then being up topside on a ship in the middle of the Gulf. You got a cranial on, and it's really hot. And you're, like, at half mast. You're doing fod walk down. It's, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And you're getting ready to do night ops. And there's something, and you turn to the guy next to you, and you, and, and he, he's complaining. Uh, he's complaining about the food, and you go, "Yeah, but it's not as bad as that chicken cordon bleu." And he goes, "Yeah." Oh, dude, it's my favorite. He used to burn when he used to burn the cheese. <laughs> See, there it is, dude. I love the chicken it's, cordon bleu. It's that, it's that predictable. It's that yeah. palatable of a of a bond of yeah. of being in the suck, like that. And I totally get it. So like. When I talk to somebody in the military, I know there's a few things that I can say. Like, I can't talk about my dick, and, and, and I, I mean, with anybody. But if you've been in the military and I start talking about my dick, I don't have to worry about you thinking I'm gay. Yeah, exactly. I get what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. We're just talking about my dick. You got one, too. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're a corpsman. It's like, man, with yeah, the Marines, yeah. main thing. Hey, look at my dick. Is this okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh. I, I'm you, we sound similar you and I Matt like uh I I am pretty personable I think Van could maybe you know attest to that if I'm way off the mark um no definitely but personal. I I go out I meet a lot of people uh I know a lot of people I've I've tried to stay in touch with as many people as I can we have been lucky Van and I have been afforded opportunities to meet people that um especially me through the Honor Foundation to meet people that honestly I have no business calling up like I should not be able to e I don't I should not have this person's personal email but I do you know mm -hmm. and then I ask them to come on and share their time with us uh, which I value greatly and then they share amazing stories um, let us into their lives what their transition so our, our whole thing right you, you probably you probably know this the audience knows this but the scuttlebutt show is about life after the military um, yeah. and every veteran has a story and we try to bring people on who want to share that story, who ha maybe have a business now or something that they're in entertainment or something like that they want to promote, um, which is which is awesome. Uh, and I I want to share these stories because I don't want anybody getting out of the military to have to go through something like they're the first person to ever get out of the military when there's so many lessons learned and things we can share. Uh, mm. So I, out of the blue, like every good thing that's ever happened in my life, fell into um, a live radio show. Like what the fuck are we doing live on the radio broadcast in <laughs> yeah. San Diego? Like why, why us? And, uh, and the question, That's why good. us, why me or whatever, why should you listen to us? Um, I ask people on the show often, uh, why you like, why, why should people listen to you? Why are you the guy or the girl for this? And, um, what I think uh, I decided, and what I think I hear a lot, uh, in, you know, phrased in different ways, is no other reason than I'm here doing the best I can with good intentions, and then you decide if this is for you or not, you know? Um, yeah. And don't do it because you, like, you know, the dream would be to blow up and be like Joe Rogan or something like that, but, yeah. you know, I never had that as the expectation here. I just want, like, if anything, I want to have listeners because such great people have come on 
don't come on, don't listen to the Scuttlebutt Show to listen to me. L- come on to listen to all these great guests we've had and all these lessons shared. You know, like, I hope it makes your life a little bit better. That's why I love doing it. Uh, that's why we're doing it, again, as, as much as we ever have um, and getting back into it big time, which is awesome. I think you should get back into it. But I, I, yeah. I uh, so, okay, I do my, I do my homework. So, uh, All right, let's hear it. so I've listened to, um, to a couple of your episodes and, uh, can you still listen to them or no? Are they on the Facebook? They, nope. You can still listen to them, uh, (laughs) through your, so you can still listen to them through your website, through your YouTube channel. And, uh, and then I found you on, um, do you remember when you got a, a gay education? Oh, on who invited her? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you were on this other podcast. Was it like Lips or something that was running that? Uh, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's called Who Invited Her. Yeah, and it's uh, it's these guys who are like super into drag. Like I told you, I have had everybody on my fucking <laughs> show. Uh, it's this guy Tony, and uh, but so it's him, and like uh, they, I got I I got lucky because I got him right before they really like kind of sh- like made serious pretty serious traction because here in like up in hillcrest they're huge they're like, everybody knows them because they have like all like i like the rupaul people come on the show and like all like the drag the big drag queens they like that's that's their audience is like that's their target but mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah i went on there but it's funny because um what they have like a girl on there i don't know if she does it anymore but when i was went on there was a girl that does it as well and she used to be at shore club all the time and she actually used to good friends with one of my other buddies and it just like went full circle it's like oh my god and it just all made sense right there yeah so i saw you on that uh on that episode of um who invited her i didn't listen to the whole thing i kind of jumped around but actually perfect segue into where i'm going with this perfect segue which is um Back to like the why should if you're thinking about starting a podcast like who would listen to you why you you know should I do it should I not do it I'm thinking about it um, if you just keep keep the conversation honest with yourself like you speak from the heart and about what you really care about and what you really know about and you keep your guest talking about what they really care about and what they really know about. And that comes through in the content and then people listen, like 100%. people listen, these things. And like, you know, the who invited her cat, like I shout out to who invited her. Uh, so the yeah. who invited her podcast, it's not like they're the, and just so you guys know, it's like a, a drag, uh, gay community, LGBT yeah. com- community, uh, podcast. It's not like they're the number one gay people in San Diego. And it's not like that's even a thing like that mm-hmm. doesn't, th- there's no, you can't be like the number one veteran, the number one gay person, the number yeah. one, you know, subject matter <laughs> expert on everything, anything. But because there's always somebody number else. Number one there. sunshine consumer. Yeah. But if you're if you're just having if you're just speaking from the heart and, and talking about the things you really care about, it comes across and then people will listen because it's engaging. Without a doubt. That's and, and, and that's the thing is, is is it's the realism. It's and I noticed that when I did the, the, the fitness podcast, the what is fit podcast, um, it was very regimented. Same questions over and over again. Why do you do this? Why do you work out? How do you get into it? You know, it's all bullshit. You know, it's, <laughs> you just want to fucking talk to people and you just want to have that genuine conversation. And like I said earlier, sometimes it fucking hits and sometimes you're just not a match for people. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it. But you find that out through the conversation and, you know, you everyone has a story. And it's I think that's what it comes down to is you just have to have and my mind's been very open to 
with like having all different types of people on. And I think that, you know, that's definitely just with way of life, like in, in relating to people and understanding different situations, talking to people and expanding your, um, your reach is definitely a plus because you can hit all these different wickets. And especially for you guys, you get all different listeners, all different types of listeners, all different, you know, people because everyone is different in their own way and you and you never know who you're gonna meet you never know who you're gonna you can you know you just never you never know you never know yeah um now you're you did the podcast for for a while uh and you haven't done an episode in a while i think you should start doing it again maybe you should come on the scuttlebutt show some more uh and join us here when we're doing some episodes but uh um my question was because I get asked all the time about, uh, like I, I mentioned this earlier, about starting podcasts or, uh, you know, what equipment do you use and how do you upload it? What were you using to uh, upload your podcast? Oh, I used, uh, was it Libsyn? Okay. Yeah, I was using Libsyn, just paying a subscription service through there. But um, I was doing so much and my episodes were getting so long, I had to like upgrade the surface because it was just, they only get, let you have certain amounts. So you have to like upgrade it. But now they've made it, uh, it's, it, it, from when I first started it to like now, and they've made it so much easier to produce this. And I think even like kind of like the podcasting is a great segue, but I think where if you want to make your money, do this, but put it on YouTube because YouTube is where people like to watch stuff, if that makes sense, you know, but yeah, for equipment I used, I used, I was using AKG mics. I had a little change in my pocket, so I was able to buy the little bit more pricier stuff because I had uh, I had like the regular boom mics, like the little uh, like the ones like rock stars use or whatever. Yeah, I had those forever. Yeah, and then I got like the AKG mics and uh, some like I think I had AKG heads. I had the headphones that you just bought. The ones oh, okay. That you, yeah, yeah. The unboxing. I had those ones, and then I. I, it was definitely a, some homeless guy robbed somebody, but he put them on offer up. I had like those really expensive Sony ones. I still have them, but uh, I put, yeah, I put, I had those on for headphones too, but yeah, I was just using that. And then I used a focus, right. And I would just record it into. Um, well, that's, go. that's funny because uh, somebody stole uh, Max's Sony headphones. Yeah. You said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they might be them. Dude. They might be them. I don't think, I don't think the timeline alliance but yeah, but yeah dude if if a bunch of criminals recently started a podcast like <laughs> <laughs> how to rob some jabroni off the street you know yeah. check it out it's it just how premiered podcast it's on nothing. apple <laughs> yeah, it's on apple podcast yeah those yeah. dudes are the ones who robbed me um so sh- you know drop that in the comments if you uh, are listening to it recently <laughs> uh distributed criminal podcast um yeah. so so uh uh i i sw- was using something called buzzsprout okay so okay let me, let me, let me collect my thoughts here. So, uh, why, why should you start a podcast? Why, well, what should you expect if you start a podcast? It's hard work. Like you have to coordinate guests. You have to have engaging conversations, which is not easy. Like I can think of, I, or I can't think of too many times, luckily with Van and I, Van, maybe you think of something, but where we've had to really pull teeth to get good content. Like, in fact, usually it's the opposite. Usually if you just ask, like, with our guests, if I've been able to ask the right question, they just go. And I can usually yeah. just, like, you know, I don't have to do much. That should be my job. Um, like, we've had awesome guests, dude, authors, uh, warriors, business owners, you know, like, 
the whole deal. Um, and it's been fantastic. And, you know, it's, st- we, we, it's still going that way. So I'm, I'm happy with that. But then, you know, we were doing live radio broadcasts that we would then record. We would record. Then I would have to back up the data. First thing, always back up the data. Go home. Upload these to the internet. Come up with a thumbnail. Come up with, like, graphic art. Create a Facebook page. Log into my Buzzsprout account which I'm not using anymore, which was $20 a month so I could upload more than two hours of stuff because we were doing this every week or more. Uh, then I would have to follow up and I would have to coordinate, you know, the next guest and do the photos and the Instagram and go on live or whatever um, to try to make this thing heard. And, I'm, and I want to make it heard because I've got these great people coming on to say great things, so I want that message to get out. Uh, a lot of work. Um, so expect that for sure. It's not nothing. Yeah. Um, just figuring out what a podcast host is, host is and then Googling what's an RSS feed and uh, figuring that whole thing out. Like, get ready. Uh, it's not – so somebody hit me up the other day and they're Apple, like yeah. – Yeah, they're like, how do I upload my podcast to Apple? And I'm like, that's not even how it works, bro. Like, yeah. let's, just, <laughs> let's just go way back. Let's go way back. Um, I think the biggest thing was, did you need to have a website when you were doing it? No, I didn't. So I did it. I, I did it the way that I thought I needed to have a website to have the RSS feed, but it was just a way for people to like feed, like feed the I RSS, mm-hmm. which I probably didn't need, but I spent too much money on doing. You know, getting like that through Word, whatever it is, uh, WordPress so or like something. Word, yeah, WordPress, and uh, I thought I needed that, so I like put everything. Not a lot of money, but just money into it because I thought I needed that to upload the RSS feed to take that link to put it to. So it was just fucking so much. You you know, it's just that's the thing that I think people like. Yeah, but you probably improved. You probably improved the access to your content. Maybe, possibly, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, so over on our at the Scuttlebutt Show YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this, make sure you get over to the Scuttlebutt Show YouTube channel. Um, I'm doing like a uh, basically a podcast creation tutorial series every step of the yeah. way of like what gear I'm getting, how to set up your online account. I'm using Anchor now, which is a new. Oh, okay. It's new to me. I've heard of them. Uh, Anchor's I think gone through a lot of changes and uh, was acquired by Spotify, which uh, for all I the admit, okay. for all yeah. the bad things that people say about Anchor, uh, it's owned by Spotify. So like the fact that it's totally free with an unlimited amount of content to upload and you can monetize day one um as as sketch as that all sounds anchor is owned by spotify so you're basically using spotify um and i'm on our the scuttlebutt show is never missed a beat i ported everything over from buzzsprout to anchor it was so easy um and then i we're on we're on all we're on apple podcasts spotify google play stuff stuff like things i don't even know like I'm, oh, I'm, I'm on i'm on spotify too i didn't even know that yeah yeah uh <laughs> Things nice. like CastBox and Overcast and all this, like yep. other ones that I don't even know much about, uh, RadioCast and all this stuff. So anyway, um, totally free way to start uploading. It's super easy to get started. Uh, and and uh, gear, you could start with just your phone or something like that and start upgrading yeah, your gear. Yeah, that's all that you I fucking need. You need just your phone and, like, you could do it, like, this way, just mm-hmm. doing Zoom meet. I don't, I, you know, and, and I think that with what you're saying, too, is the biggest part is, like, don't expect people to listen. That's the thing. I yeah. think that's the hardest part to get over is you put the, all this content out and you think all these people are like automatically going to fucking listen. You're going to be Joe Rogan or like fucking Mark Marin or one of these dudes. And like, you don't realize like those dudes have been doing it for years, years yeah. and years and years. Yeah. And the are big those thing, your buddies from the Navy? Who are those guys? Who, what? 
No, like Joe, like those are like the fucking grandma and grandpa <laughs> podcast. Joe Rogan Van. I'm kidding. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, those guys have been doing it, and 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 the thing also too is for like guys like us is it's we're starting from scratch. A lot of those guys have a platform which they can just put push their content out onto. Yeah. So it's it's more respectable when you grow your stuff organically. I mean, and it's respectable too if you're like a comedian or an actor or something like that because if you if you look at it like what happened was is they found out how much money like the original podcasters were making and then they're like, "Yo, why am I doing this?" cuz like someone like like the I listened to the fighter and the kid and I was like, I just curious, I googled it the other day. I mean, those dudes are making fucking like 60 to 80 G's an episode and they put two out a week. Yep. And it's like, you know, but, but they have million listens each episode close to, you know, and mm -hmm. that's, and, and it, that's what it is. It's on YouTube. And I, I don't even, I, to be honest, I don't listen to any of the podcasts. I listen to everything through YouTube unless they don't have a YouTube channel. Then I'll listen to it on a, on like uh, Spotify or the Apple podcast app. But um, yeah, I think, along with what you said max it's it's easy to get started but it's definitely like i think it's great getting everything going but i think the thing is is you got to keep doing it that instead don't get discouraged just keep pushing forward because it's just it, it's just you just got to keep doing it it's 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 persistence it's just keep doing it and even if like people are going to tell you fucking no fuck them go to the next one just keep fucking doing it if people be like why do you do that it's stupid fuck them who cares if you want to do it do it and i think that's like for if you want to be serious about it and you're, you're, you're people are going to get weeded out obviously that's obvious you know people are going to be like oh this is too fucking hard i thought it was going to be easier than this but if you really want it you're going to do it and you're going to keep pushing for it and i think but yeah i think that's great man the creation and stuff because a lot of people have that question and I mean, I'm sure there's other content, but for like the for your listeners, if they want to do their own thing, or somebody hears this, they it's good to have somewhere to go to to just and and someone you trust. If you're listening to somebody all the time and like listening to you guys, and be like, oh, you know what, I want to do. Let me see what Max and Van they're kind of like doing, yeah, like yeah, the creation. Yeah. It, you know, I trust what they're saying rather than Joe Schmo fucking in his back porch. You know, but yeah, and yeah, man, that's good stuff. And uh, and let me say something else about that too, which is. Uh, a lot of people are like, you know, if you haven't started yet, you missed the boat. Why start? You know, it's pointless to start now. That's so, so, Haters, so, man. yeah, yeah. So if somebody else starts a podcast about military stuff, that doesn't hurt me at all. The only thing that can hurt me is me deciding to have my attitude shifted. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the only thing. Like, I hit up people, I cold call people, and I'm like, hey, dude, I have this, like, little podcast, like, you know, People way bit way bigger than me. Hey, I have this little podcast. You know, you wanna you wanna do an episode? Oh yeah, totally. Holy shit, you know, like yeah, who does it's, it? it's free publicity it's, for yourself. It's who all it's it? it's all good, man. Somebody else, I, somebody hits me up to want to start a podcast. You know, they, they could be like, I want to start the the scuttlebutt show too, and I'm like, do your thing, man. Whatever. It's like it's all good. Yeah. Doesn't Ma it, Max? Were you were you saying that uh, that there's still there's still hits on old episodes. Like people still listen to old episodes on. Yeah. I get the updates uh, basically every week. Not actually that just stopped because I ported, ported everything over to anchor. So I only get uh, current info from anchor. So like mm -hmm. uh, that's all basically the counters reset and a lot of those things, but we have the old yeah. data. Um, but well, I was getting updates from Buzzsprout every week. Like your podcast got 90 listens last week and it's from like, you know, uh, July, 2018 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, and I don't know who, who's out there listening. A- and then don't get discouraged by the numbers either because if, you, like, the numbers are, are – the numbers you can't even wrap your – like, if you went into, like, the metrics of that podcast you're talking about where you're making all that money, they probably have, like, a trillion minutes listened or something. Like, it, oh, like yeah. a, something ludicrous you can't even – you can't even yeah. think about it. Um, don't – you know, it's like, it's like checking stocks. You shouldn't be checking every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your progress goes up, it goes down, the ebbs and flows. The, but yeah, but I can see it could be easy to obsess over too. But if you oh, if you if you have a long if you have a long timeline, it goes like this, right? It goes it scales up. Yeah, like yeah. it goes it goes like this, but it's always getting higher, right? Uh, which is the direction you want to go. Hopefully, you, hopefully you're making stuff that you want people to hear. Yeah, you know. Exactly. And then uh, when I'm doing it, always two two things two two uh, guiding principles, which are basically equal to me um but number one is uh for the whole time that i'm doing a podcast two 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 guiding principles in mind first is listener experience and then second is guest experience so everything i'm doing i'm thinking about how it's coming across to an audience and then the second thing is i I want the guests to have a good time and feel like their time was value valued by us and valuable to them and that they were respected and that the message that they were trying to get across came across um and I feel like if you do those two things, you can't go wrong. Uh, as long as you're talking about something that you are tr- truly care about and you're being yeah. honest, then then you're you're good. You're good. You're good to go. Yeah, I think on top of that too, uh, take constructive criticism. Like don't like don't like be like, fuck you, you, like screw you. If that makes sense. Like if someone's like, hey, I noticed you're doing like like I had I had a guy actually which you were talking about cold calling came to my head. I used to reach out to people like crazy on Instagram, right? And uh, this guy, call, I get my phone number. I was like, hey, this is my number. I shot him an email. I'm like, he's half, three quarters of people don't fucking answer. They just shrug it off. He calls me. He's like, hey, man, it's Chris. I was like, who the fuck is Chris? And he's like, it's Chris from Constructed Adventures. And I was like, holy shit, man. I was like, I just got to be honest with you. I was like, dude, this is never fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, hey, I want to buy everything in your store. Like, you know, like something like that. And I was just like, yeah, man. So I, I ended up becoming like befriending this guy, Chris Waters, who runs this company, Constructed Adventures. He runs like scavenger hunts. He does really well. He goes around the country, around the world. And um, people pay him like so these like extravagant hunts. He actually did my birthday party like uh, two, two or three years ago. Oh, my wife badass. It was, it was, I was in 40s. He handed me, uh, some guy, he had some random guy. I was like, Hey, are you Matt? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm the assault bike. And this guy just handed me an envelope. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And I like opened up, had instructions and anything, but like, that's, that's a guy he called me the other day. And I, and, you know, we just chatted, you know, you had, but, and, but uh, on the criticism part, his dad was the founding anchor of CNN. No way. um, Yeah. He was, his mom listened to my podcast and she would give me him uh critiques and at at the beginning i was like oh you know fuck these people like whatever but i'm like you know what let's think about it i would listen back and i would understand where they were coming from when they were saying that stuff like he was just his dad would be like hey just tell him to watch this because it cuts that person off or to watch the guiding of the conversation and stuff so that it it took me a while to um hone that in but you know Sometimes the stuff you don't want to hear is the stuff that's going to make you grow. So you got to be open to like, and that, and that goes with everything. That's not just podcasting, but that's just one of the things that for me was very prominent and is taking constructive criticism well and not kind of shrugging it off. Cause if, 
you know, if the listeners are giving you stuff, then obviously you want to give them what they want because they're going to listen more and they're going to recommend you more. But if, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so let me, let me uh, just, that's awesome, by the way. And I want to hear uh, another time. I, I want to hear all yeah, about your birthday party. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, let me, let me say two things on that. And then I, and then I have, a, and then Van, I, I want to give you a chance to, to jump in here, but I have a story to go along with that too. If you got a, another minute, um, which is uh, just like in the military, right? Some of you learn in the military uh, uh, peer review, right? Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at these things like peer review. So your audience uh, is who your target is. So you have to, you should take their comments seriously. Then you should ask for a peer review. So you should ask other people, either your guests. I always ask my guests. And then uh, you should ask maybe another, you should have like another podcast person that you kind of team up with and bounce ideas yeah. off of and ask them if they have any thoughts for you. And then you should always take that stuff seriously. Um, now, with that being said, there you'll get comments like you should kill yourself. Uh, and, you know, you're ugly and you're garbage. And I've heard better conversations uh, in a, out of a dumpster. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm making some of that stuff up. Anyway, th that comes from, uh, I recently did this video with a guy. I have a series on YouTube called The Man Dependence where I meet up with other male spouses and go see <laughs> what they're doing. And one of the guys has a YouTube channel. And his YouTube channel is he watches Eurovision, which is like a big international pop song competition. I, I won't get too much into it. But okay. anyway, I d it was Americans React to Eurovision. And his video with me in it is like at 50,000 views or something right now. Oh, um, wow. And then I did like a, a vlog video to go along with it. And I got like 1,000 views on that, which is like the most viewed video on my YouTube channel. And, uh, and then people are like, you didn't give Australia a fair chance. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like uh, – Okay, cool. And so you got to filter through like, you know, the online trash that you're going to get big time. And then you should take some stuff seriously, but know that uh, some stuff is trash too. Um, yeah. You got to you got to filter it uh, to get to the, to get to the good stuff. Um, I got to hook you up. I got I got a buddy who's in Oki. Uh that he's a big time YouTuber. Uh his name's Nikki. He's like he's still in. He's in the military. He'd be great for this show too, by the way. Oh, totally. He's uh yeah, yeah. I'll give you his information later. But yeah, he he uh he does like all these like intense like five minute YouTube videos about like different designations in the Navy and like getting out, different branches, like and there's like I guess there's like a group of them that like do all that shit. But there a couple of them are he's he's in Okinawa for sure. I know that. Okay. But side note, just for a good for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Van, you haven't, you haven't, uh, spoken in a while. What are you thinking? Oh, um, I'm just thinking it's good to be back on the air, man. It's good to be back doing it. And it's, uh, I don't know. I think that, um, it's interesting. So I do have a couple questions. So Matt, what are you doing now? Like, what's your, what's the day so, in the life so outside I, of quarantine? If there was no quarantine, what is, what is your daily life like? And so, when, when when and how will you incorporate uh your show into your daily life yeah uh so right now i'm I, I so i work in i do reverse distribution for hospitals so i take care of all the expired meds and do all like the paperwork for the dea and like for the narcotics and stuff like that um so i work pretty I, knock on wood the quarantine hasn't really affected me too much um just because i i work in with hospitals and they need to get their stuff out to get the money back yeah. for the stuff they sent back um but, uh, I mean, usually, like, I was doing that and then just hitting the gym during the day. 
at like three every day. That was like my thing because you have that little group that you go with. But other than that, I usually just been working and uh, and going to the gym and then come home, hang out with my dog and my wife and just watching whatever show we can get involved with on uh, on Netflix or whatever's new. But um, with the cool so how do you so my my question for you, Matt? Ready? You ready for it? Yeah. How do you think in ten years? How do you think people will look back on the COVID-19, the coronavirus, the pandemic, and say that it changed the world forever? In other words, some people are saying people work from home more often. Other people are saying uh, we'll never stop wearing masks. Other people are saying uh, our DNA is officially uh, under review. Yeah, um, I. Ooh, that's a tough question. I think it's definitely going to be one of those things where we're going to look back on and be like, "Oh, it was like a definitely like a turning factor in the um, like the country uh, and the world per se." Um, I think shit's going to go back to normal, but I think a lot of companies are definitely going to um, sort of realize that they a might not need the amount of people they need to to operate, but I don't know if it, that's going to be technically a thing because less people are buying right now. So there's really not as much going on with certain companies. Some companies there are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to be wearing masks. I don't think that's going to be a regular thing. I don't think the six foot distance thing is going to be maybe at like restaurants and stuff like that. But I don't really think that that's going to be a necessity. Um, and then, you know, I think the I think the, the our country especially is going to hopefully be well more prepared for a pandemic because this is probably this has happened once so i think the last time that the country was like in a pandemic was like 1917 or 1918 or something like that i don't necessarily think that it's going to happen again soon it might i i don't know i'm not a fucking expert um i just i think i I think it's going to be definitely uh, a serious point in our past if we're talking 10 years from now but i i don't think I really don't think it's going to go back. I don't, I don't think it's going to affect it that much where like, holy shit, the country was so different before this happened. I, I think. Yeah. Like I, 9-11, I, like really, I can, I can list like five things that haven't changed that changed the day of 9-11 and have not changed back. You like, know, what, do you, what do you mean? Like going to the gas station on base. Why? What do you mean? Well, before the 9-11, you could just go through the, go to the gas station without having to go through the front gate. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Remember, you have to go show your ID. Well, don't we know. don't remember. Yeah, we don't remember. Yeah, I, I always that was sorry, guys. But <laughs> but yeah, I don't I, I I don't think it's I think necessarily like it's def, there's definitely going to be change, but I don't know if it's going to be. Wait, I have a I have a serious question for Max. This is this is my five minutes on my soapbox, Max. I have a question. In Japan, when you greet people, obviously, when in Japan you do as the Japanese do. Uh, you bow and you say hello to people, but now when people bow to each other, do they whisper, I told you so? <laughs> is this about like the masks? This is about the mask and this is about not touching each other and shaking hands. This is about looking at uh, each other uh, from six feet away and saying, I told you so, motherfucker. Well, when I, when I meet somebody here, I'm like, oh, what's up? Konnichiwa, motherfucker. Uh, hey. and, then, <laughs> and then they're like, konnichiwa, motherfucker, to you too. No, um, yeah. uh, man. so let me just tell you a funny story real quick. Our landlord, the guy who uh, owns the condo that we live in lives on the bottom floor, but we go through like an apartment, uh, management agency or whatever, but he doesn't speak any English and we see him like every day. So mm-hmm. when I first got out here, 
uh, I'm like, konnichiwa. And he's like, konnichiwa. And he pets our dog and fucking, uh, you know, bow, getting like a weird like bow thing where like now we can't stop. Like he goes a little further, I go a little further. And it's like, how are we going to get out of this? Um, yeah. And then he had like a party or something. And I, uh, I go down the next morning, I run into him. I'm like, what's up, man? I heard you had a party last night. He's like, and I said, you know, a fucking fiesta. And then, you know, that was, uh, <laughs> that was an another wrong language. Cali so boy. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, Sayonara, dude, I'm out of here. You know, I talk <laughs> like a, I talk like a Ninja Turtle now. I'm like, Sayonara, yeah. Cowabunga. Uh, you know, Japan, <laughs> Okinawa is like the most informal part of Japan. It's like surfer bros and island life. Yeah. Uh, it's really not, it's not like, uh, <laughs> it's not so formal, but yet like bowing is real. Uh, people in, in Japan, like other places in Asia, they wear masks all the time, even long sure. before this started. Um, and it's yeah. like, you know, they don't want to get sick. They don't want to make other people sick. They're more used to stuff like this. This has happened more in Asian countries than it's ever happened yeah. in, in uh, Western countries. So how's the spread? How's this? How's the spread of the virus been in Japan? Has it been pretty contained? Yeah, pretty contained. Not too bad. Um, not like any like it's fine out here. No big deal. Uh, we're we're yeah. we're quarantined or whatever. Uh, you know, stay in place. Um, but it's it hasn't been. It's not a big deal. It's not not yeah. a big. It's not not a big deal. It's uh, not a big outbreak. It's not a big. Sh it's not a big shock either. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool for yeah. Matt, like working in healthcare, um, getting to still basically, you know, go to work. Like my wife works in healthcare, she goes to work, but she's doing less because she's in she's in orthopedics, so she doesn't yeah, do I as like much it, yeah. cases. Um, and but the ER here and everything, they haven't been like inundated with respiratory illness or anything like that, so they're doing good. Yeah, and Matt, I'm sure you haven't had to send back any masks. No. <laughs> Uh, Matt, so what's the deal, dude? Is this it? Um, have we inspired the resurgence of the Hanging with Matty D podcast? No, I have to see. We'll have to see. I have to get back into it. I've been like I said, I've been thinking about either doing like a veteran thing or my other thing was just doing by myself and just ranting. Um, but I, I, I think like a lot of dudes at the gym, they say like, dude, you need to have like just a camera follow you. Cause I'm, I'm just like, I tell it like it is. I don't really hold back much. And like my, my, one of my, like the, Roomsman at my wedding, one of my best buddies, uh, Derek, he always says, he, like, if people like, hey, oh, what's this guy like? He goes, he's either going to love you and treat you like family, or he's not going to like you, and he's never going to want to see you again. And nine times out of, I would say 9.5 times out of 10, it's to treat you like family. And, like, there's been rare occasions when somebody is not in that group. But I, I, I just, I love people, man. I, I, I just love that aspect that's why i like ranting and stuff like that but yeah i don't know might I, I i might bring it back i have a little bit extra time right now so i mean we'll see what happens i i enjoy doing this i enjoy just talking and bullshitting and just talking about stuff and having you, people ask questions and then reciprocating you know what i'll say is uh with with the way that i'm doing this now over zoom uh it it's a lot easier Maybe you start with like going back on Zoom because I saw you, you know, on your YouTube channel, you can see that your, which is your YouTube channel still up, it's hanging with Maddie D. Yeah. And uh, you can go on there and see your videos and you have people in person, you're set up in person, yeah. uh, which sometimes that's the fucking, that's the thing that prevents it. Like you got to get somewhere. Both people have to be, okay, so like, check this out. We, how are you doing on time, Matt? Oh, you're good. You're good. So, so we, uh, we used to do our show live on the radio. In um, uh, City Heights in, in San Diego. No at Who'd you guys used to do it with, if you don't mind me asking? It was 89.1 FM, K 
KNSJ, okay. pu- like local public radio, um, okay. publicly funded, like they fundraised uh, all local, all local shows. Um, Coming at you live from Mount Laguna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The peaks of Mount Laguna broadcasting all over San Diego with the radio voice and everything. Um, so we would have to have we would have to we would have to get there on a Friday from work by three p.m. The guests would have to get there. We would have to get into the studio, set up, get the like this whole rack, this whole audio rack, all this stuff broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, don't curse because you know then we got to jam the delay and you know blank out the radio. Uh, all like we had we could take like live phone calls. There was some cool stuff. Uh, it was cool knowing our show was going out live on the radio. But honestly, like it was. It was challenging and getting guests there, uh, challenging. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, then converting it, like obviously Max had to do all the work. Like I'm pretty much useless when it comes to any anything technical, so, or useful, I should say. So, <laughs> so then, so then Max had to convert it over and then get it on that Sprout. What's it called, Max? It was Buzzsprout. Yep. Buzzsprout. One yeah. of the and then, and podcast then, hosts. And there was a couple times where we didn't record. Remember that? Like yep. we'd have all the gear there and we just didn't press the button. Yep. Oh, that's happened multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I just I just posted a thing on Instagram about how I did. I was doing a YouTube video for the, like a review of the mic or whatever, and uh, I just had I just had talk for about ten minutes, and I like nailed it first try, and I uh, and I said okay, and you know like comment subscribe, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. And I looked down, the light on my thing still green, which means not <laughs> recording, and I was like, fuck. And uh, yeah. and luckily I was like I looked at the camera, I was like none of that got recorded, and I uploaded yeah. that as a blooper on Instagram. Um, so here, here's a, here's a, a good little story. Um, doing a, doing the cold calling thing for the podcast. Uh, I emailed, I'm not going to say who it is. Um, I emailed somebody on Instagram and, uh, I said, I said, Hey, you know, I, you know, you know, someone that we've had on the show before, uh, would you consider coming on as a guest on the scuttlebutt show? And they said, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like got back to me in like 10 minutes. I was like, can't believe it. Awesome. Uh, I'm r- super stoked. So then I we picked a time, coordinated a time and date, and then uh, I sent an email. And then I, on the day of the show in the morning, I sent a follow up email, confirming the date and time and everything that will be there. And then 15 minutes before the show started, uh, I was gonna go send them a Zoom link because I had put the show on live. And uh, and as I'm getting ready to do that, I get an email from him that says, "Hey, you know, I still don't have anything from you for Zoom. Uh, I'm not like." I feel like you really disrespected me. Uh, I've been sitting here getting ready for two hours, and um, and I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and cancel the podcast. And I was like, No, dude, I'm here. I'm ready. I thought we had this whole thing coordinated. He's like, That's not how it's done. You got to send the link out way sooner. All this stuff. And I was like, I was like, You know that gut punch feeling, like that sinking gut feeling, like when you uh, yeah, when, I know exactly what you're talking about. When you like, it, it's really like from feeling like I let someone down, like. Um, it's a, it's like a guilt feeling like, I can't believe it. Um, but then, you know, I, I take things like that. I look at it like, okay, how am I going to make this like the best thing that ever happened to me? Like, I can't, I can't unfix this mistake, but how, like, and I accept it as my mistake, even though you could, I could make an argument that like, uh, I could make a counter argument about like, well, we talked that morning, all this stuff. Um, anyway, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say it was my fault, and I and I went the yeah, one who fucked course. up. So, uh, so I went on, and I'm like, I don't know what this. I don't know what the way to do it is. A podcast over Zoom? Like, is there a SOP? You know, and and you know, I can't seem to come up with finding anything like that. But Zoom does have a feature where you can like um, 
set up a meeting way ahead of time and send out an invitation. And a few minutes after this shit went down, I emailed you on Instagram and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to send you a, a a zoom invitation. This is is like recent. Yeah. This is, this was like Tuesday. This was like on Tuesday. Okay. okay. Uh, And it's, it's Thursday where I am. So I, uh, and then I, I texted you that on Instagram, I said, Hey, I'm going to send you a zoom invitation. Cause I was like, this is never going to happen again. Like, I'm, oh yeah. This is this will this will never recur, and uh, so I, I found out I figured out how to use the Zoom invitation calendar b- scheduler thing, um, which means you have to have like a Zoom Pro account, which is fine because okay, I go yeah. over the forty minute time limit anyway. Uh, so I already had that. I didn't know. I didn't even know about this, and so now all the upcoming guests that we have, uh, I've already sent them like the invitations, yeah, the count cal- yeah, like yeah. like it's in all the calendars, whatever like. Uh, Anyway, my whole point of that was, like, uh, when you go out and, like, cold call people to be guests on the show or whatever, um, you know, it's the whole podcast thing, it's a learning experience, you know? It's, and, and you're always learning. Like, you never yeah. you never got it, you know? Yeah, but fuck that guy, though. <laughs> fucking guy. Oh, well, okay. well, you know what? Like, I'm not – okay, so I, I'm not going to dwell – I'm not going to do – I could say that, but I'm not going to dwell on it. Like, like the dude – is it was Donald Trump? The dude yeah. is yeah, <laughs> very unprofessional. Uh, the dude is the dude's cool. Like the dude's doing you know big big time amazing. social media guy. He's always h- hustling online. He's very responsive. He didn't owe me anything, and I hit him up out of the blue, and he got right back to me. Right, so I got a lot yeah. of res- I respect that a lot. Um, I want you, if you don't mind, can you text me who it is after the show? Maybe, but it, that okay. would have to stay in confidence. Um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say. I just, I'm just curious. I wonder if I know him. That's why. So, uh, so, uh, my mistake, right? And, and it'll never fucking happen again. Nothing like that will ever happen again. Yeah, like oh, I've people, had multiple times. Yeah. People who are coming on this show are going to know the deal, you know? Yeah. So, so, uh, it was, it was a lesson learned on there about the whole like setting up the podcast thing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I fucking love it, dude. Uh, I love doing these, these podcasts. I love meeting people. I'm glad I met you. Uh, yeah, man. you know, you seem like somebody talking about, uh, you're either like in the like like family or like you know fuck you. Yeah. Um, seems like you're somebody who like you know kind of wears your what you're thinking on your sleeve. Kind of like very yeah. you okay. kind of you pro- like I, I'll just speak for me. Like I wear it on my face. Like you can see it on my face if I'm talking to somebody and I'm like I don't like you. Uh, yeah. Which you know if I don't like you, you shouldn't care either. You know. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm like very warm or very cold. Like I pretty much I, I'm very outward about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And you know I. I like you. I'm glad we met. Uh, this yeah, was really fun. Having a great time. Uh, um, I'm trying to think now because we've been going for like two hours. Uh, is there is there anything that you want to plug while you're here or, or like shout out to? Just my Instagram, but that's it, man. I got nothing right now. Hanging with Maddie D. Yeah, yeah that's and I, it. And I'll post links to all that stuff in the in the yeah yeah. I'll video. definitely put every. I'm gonna put everything up for you guys on my stuff too as well. So cool. Wait, what about your wife though? Do we need to plug anything? Remember, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, I know. Jeez, dude. We need to plug for the missus? <laughs> no, she ain't got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll edit that part out, too, where you said she ain't got nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, cool, dude. D- um, is there anything else that you want to talk about while you're here? Because I, 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 yeah, figure, I, I mean, figure we could start start figuring out how to wrap it up because, you know, about two hours uh, is, yeah, is that, uh, I'm probably good. I'm good if you guys are good. Whatever, whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. I mean, just keep doing what you guys are doing. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, brother. Hey, that means a lot. You know, like, uh, it's true. Like, you got to keep, just keep going. Just if you want to, if you want to make something happen, you just keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, and eventually it will happen. You know what I always say? I, I say this a lot, so people probably know this, but I live my life by like 
maybe 10 sayings gets me through my whole life. Uh, number one, obviously goes without saying honor, courage, commitment. And then, uh, yeah. and then, uh, another one is that really is good is, uh, luck is nothing more than a combination of opportunity and preparation. So yeah. every time you put in the work, every time you do something, every time you learn something, put something out online, uh, one day opportunity is going to come. And if you've put in the work and the preparation, some might call that luck, but I call it just a combination of opportunity and preparation. Yeah, of course. So, okay. So I just thought of a new, the new name for your new show, Matt. Uh, <laughs> obviously, do you consider honor, courage, commitment? Do you consider that uh, one rule to live by, or do you consider that three? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say one. Okay, honor, courage, commitment. That's one. That's number one. Then you got your eleven general orders. <laughs> There's twelve. Then you got Max's ten sayings. <laughs> Twenty-two. <laughs> then, you got, then you got happy wife, happy life. Twenty-three. Twenty-three reasons <laughs> to hang with Matt. Yeah. Hey, well, well, don't, well, don't forget about the code of conduct for oh, if yeah, you're ever taken prisoner, true. right? So yeah. that's important. Return with honor. Uh, yeah. Ten commandments. <laughs> oh yeah. It would be funny if you did that and you just like so just to start the show off, you're just gonna be and then just list all the reasons and be like, and that's my time. Sorry we ran out tonight. So yeah. uh, we'll talk about stuff yeah. the, and then every episode. We don't know what this is about. <laughs> it's just about. Yeah. That would be funny. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So Van, you got anything else? No, sir. Thanks for uh, having me back, Max. I look forward to the next uh, go around. Uh, Matt, it was nice meeting you, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure, and, man. Uh, you guys look uh, looking good wherever you're at. Uh, God bless you. God bless your families. And uh, so I guess since this is the first time we've done this in a while, uh, Max, what do I do? Do I just sign out somewhere here? What do I do? Yeah, just hang, t just hang tight and I'll do a little. Okay, so here's the, here, are you guys ready for some, if you're listening, you're ready for some BTS? I'm going to go ahead and wrap yeah. up the show and then nobody okay. log out and then we'll just talk to each other for a minute. Uh, it'll yeah, be after the podcast will have ended though. All right, you guys, boom. you guys listening got a little taste of the, of the how the magic happens. Okay, so um, all right, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. It was a real honor to have uh, Matt from Hanging with Matty D on here. All social media is under Hanging with Matty D. Go check him out and listen to uh, all his old episodes of the Scuttlebutt Show. I want to thank Van for joining me back as the co-host on his very first episode uh, in probably like, you know, six to nine months or a year or something like that. And uh, make sure you like and comment and subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to it on YouTube, on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and uh, and subscribe and leave a comment and maybe get, leave it a review. And um, we will talk to you very soon with another episode. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So, hey, do my outros suck? I'm not sure. I don't know how to sign out of these podcasts. It's something I'm working on. Hey, I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to that episode. It was really fun to do. I hope that you enjoyed it also. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you can listen to all the other episodes. There's tons more episodes already available and more coming every week. If you haven't gotten over to YouTube and subscribed over there, please go ahead and do that. It would uh, mean a lot to me if you did. There's all these podcasts are available on YouTube as well as a bunch of other content that you wouldn't find here in the podcast. If you're looking for ways to support the show, you can head over to anchor.com, subscribe there, and you can do monthly contributions if you choose to. If you'd like to see this program grow and support, then uh, that would mean the world to me. I, I just, I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, re feel free to reach out to me anytime via our social media or email, all at the Scuttlebutt Show. Email is the Scuttlebutt Show, gmail.com. And I look forward to talking to you guys very soon. And let's go ahead and listen to another episode. All right. Bye.